Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. I'm here with Manette Morgan, and she's going to talk to us about a really important subject. But first, I wanted Manette to tell us a little bit about her story and why she wrote this book. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I would love to, Rebecca. I, you know, grew up, unfortunately, on a little bitty ranch farm in Texas. And unfortunately, I grew up with a really uh, abusive father. He was emotionally abused. I wouldn't say, you know, we got spanked, but we weren't physically, you know, abused horribly or anything as children. But the unfortunate thing was, is he didn't know how to be a dad is what I always tell people, because he grew up in his own dysfunctional family. He had um, an alcoholic father and emotionally unstable mom. And Mm -hmm. of course, what did he learn? A lot of dysfunction and a lot of unhealthy behaviors. Mm -hmm. And he had a lot of rage from his childhood. And he carried that Mm -hmm. into his adulthood with uh, my brothers and me. I'm the oldest of three. Uh, On the flip side, amazing mom, caring, loving, Thank goodness I had her. That's probably the only reason I'm sane today. And she was just a really great person. And just, she just, she just was compassionate and caring. And one of my brothers and myself actually grew up with dyslexia, which is a learning disability. So we really struggled in school on top of all the abuse at home. Uh, We couldn't, like myself, I couldn't read or write um, even in eighth grade, hardly. Uh, It was really bad. And then somehow later in life, I figured out how to write a book. Don't ask me. (laughs) So anyway, um, that's a little bit. And then also on top of all that, I was eight years old and I had an older cousin that lived on the farm that started sexually abusing me. And that went on for five years. And that was probably the hardest. Um, He was very manipulative, very controlling, dominating, um, quite a bit older than me. And... That was, I think, really when I, I always tell people, that's when I think everything was taken away, my value, my self-worth, all those things I lost at that point in my life. From there, I went on and dated and eventually married (laughs) the handsome, high school, uh, charismatic, blonde hair, blue-eyed guy. I thought Mm. I was in love. And I was to a certain degree, but he was... Oh, he was a gaslighter and emotionally abusive and dominating and manipulative. And I stayed with him 10 years and had wow. two babies. And mm. that was the great thing of it. I had two amazing children and I'm so happy I do have them today. And uh, anyway, so that's a little of my life story. I was mm. a lucky one when I came to my senses and got help and did what I needed to do in my early 20s. Um, I've never been in another abusive relationship. Oh, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Well, the reason that we are here today is because uh, during the pandemic that's been going on with our current crisis here, there's been an increase in calls to the National Domestic Abuse Hotline, right? And at the same time, there's been a decrease in staffing, which obviously creates a huge problem. So I wanted to talk to you and hopefully get some tips and strategies 
for people who may be a victim of abuse and they're just not able to get the help that they need right now. Maybe they don't know what to do, or maybe they're even trying to get through to this hotline and they're struggling. So what can you share with us, Nanette? You know, I think first and foremost, let's just be clear. If you're in a dangerous situation, okay, mm-hmm. first and foremost, call 911. Okay. And I realize there's also some things going on with that right now. And I'm very aware, but the fact is most of those professionals out there, they want to help you and they're going to do their best to help you get you out of the life threatening situation. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's just without being said, I know that's probably simple to most people out there, but I just love to remind people that's your first and foremost choice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now, if you're not in a life threatening situation, Okay, that's the people reaching out to the National Domestic um, Abuse Hotline. And I realize that things are different. Our life is different and people are overwhelmed. But there's other organizations out there, guys. I mean, there's tons of them. There's uh, loveisrespect.org, womenslaw.org. I love that organization because they actually have ways you can filter state by state to find things more local to you that might be able to help. Uh, Rain.org is a great, huge sexual type abuse thing, Um, but they handle other stuff as well. And I think for me, I'm always, I encourage you, you know, go to my website, manettemorgan.com. So that's M-A-N-N-E-T-T-E, Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N. And I have links to every one of these organizations and more because I, I do know what it's like when you're out there trying to figure out what to do next. And sometimes with everything happening, it's kind of volatile right now. And sometimes we're on a tipping point of this could go really bad in your home. So I encourage you to go there, start finding the resources and reach out to get the help you need. So um, that would be my suggestion at this point. And I realize it's really hard and I'm always saying, never give up. If mm-hmm. one doesn't work, go to another one, go to another one, go to another one until you mm-hmm. find one that can help get you what you need. Mm, good advice. You said um, if you're not in a life-threatening situation. So when we think of abuse, you know, we think of, I think a lot of us think of like these worst case scenarios, what we've seen on TV where people are in these life-threatening situations. So what is all abuse physical and what, what constitutes abuse? Okay. No. Yeah. All abuse is not physical. I think, you know, there's physical to sexual, there's emotional, psychological. And I think that's where we get into those areas that people aren't real comfortable or know. Um, Mm -hmm. I always say that, how do you recognize emotional or psychological abuse if that's all you've known your whole life? If that's Mm -hmm. what you grew up in and that was your normal, how do you even know what that is? And I see so many women and other victims out there as well, questioning, well, he's, he's you know, he kind of controls things, but he's not hitting me. You know, mm-hmm. a perfect example is when I finished my book, <laughs> Finding Your Voice, I called all of my abusers to let them know I had written a book and what I had done. And when I called my first husband, the kid's husband, my children's father, his first words were, well, I never hit you, did I? So here he is, a man of 58 or so, who doesn't even still to this day know the kind of abuse he inflicted upon me all those years. I mean, he Mm -hmm. knew he wasn't doing me right, but 
he really mm -hmm. didn't understand to the depth of what he was doing. Right. So your question is so valid because psychological and emotional abuse comes in so many forms. And that's why I think it makes it so much harder to identify because it can be just controlling. It can be manipulation. It can be threatening violence. My husband did that. He threatened, but he never hit me. Um, it can be controlling who your friends are, who you who, what family members you interact with, how your access to your phone, your internet. There's things that go on behind closed doors that I don't think people are aware of. And, and it's just really, really, it's challenging sometimes for some of us to say, whoa, that's abuse. That's mm -hmm. not okay. That's really unhealthy behaviors. So I also great. It's also on my website. If you just go down a little further, I know I'm giving you a lot of direction, but there's this thing called helpguide.org and they're great at explaining abuse. So if you're in a relationship and you're questioning, am I, am I in an abusive relationship? Go there and look it up. They'll give you a lot of scenarios and ideas to understand what you're in. Are mm -hmm. you dealing with a narcissist? Are you dealing with someone that's just, you know, so insecure and controlling because they're fearful? Are you dealing with someone that's just so dominating? You know, I always say, you know, look at our society today. In schools, we have bullying. That's abuse. Um, in corporate world, all these women coming forward and people over these last years, these men are abusing their power and controlling and manipulating. It's abuse, it's harassment. So I think it's just understanding all the different things. Wow. Yes, that is true. And I think for a lot of people who were, you know, who have experienced abuse, I think finding out that abuse isn't always physical can be a real, just a hard thing to get through just when you realize, oh, I have been in an abusive relationship. That's what that was. Okay. Exactly. And then just processing those feelings. So perhaps someone might be listening to this podcast today and they're realizing, you know, okay, this is abuse, like with withholding financial. Oh, yeah. I think that's a form of abuse. So say someone is listening and they realize that they are in an abusive relationship. Like what kind of, how can they make some changes and get started in a path for healing? You know, I, I always say I, I express a lot and I've been talking about this a lot lately because of our circumstances, because um, a little background on this, just so I can tell you is what we're seeing, I feel is a lot of people that are, you know, cooped up at home. And now we're finally right. getting a little in some states, but all of this stress of the unknowns. And I talk about the what ifs a lot. What if I get sick? What if I don't, things don't get better? What if I can't pay my bills? There's some big things going on in our lives right now. And if you're in a situation that's volatile mm -hmm. and you have a, someone that tends to be abusive, um, like I said, it can be a tipping point at this point to where it right. becomes more physical and other things, but emotional abuse is very detrimental in itself. So I really encourage you to realize, you know, you've got to make some moves sometimes. Sometimes it's the getting help, the getting help or the organizations we talked about, make a plan. If you find yourself in something that is going really badly, and you're identifying it now as abuse, you know, make a plan, get a lawyer, get help, get a support system, find a place to go, maybe even stay, do your work. Mm -hmm. And then I think secondly, it's getting out. Mm -hmm. 
And for someone that's never been in an abusive situation, they don't have any concept of how hard that is. I have people ask me all the time, why don't they just leave? Why do they go back? Why do they? And I'm like, once you've experienced abuse in your life, my theory is it takes our self-worth, our self, our value, um, our self-respect. And without that, an individual just doesn't have the strength they normally would. And that's why people go back. Everyone on this planet, every human being wants to be loved. Everyone. Every victim, every survivor wants to be loved. Mm -hmm. And in so many situations, they feel like that abuser loves them. Mm -hmm. And if you read the book, I talk a lot about lambs versus monsters. And that's a great explanation because your abuser will not be a monster every minute of every day. Of course. He has moments, and I'm saying he because of more women and I'm a woman, but he has moments of love and kindness and caring. And he may even regret what he does to the nth degree, but he doesn't know how to change or fix it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just recognizing that all of this stuff is so true that, you know, we have abuse is prevalent. And I, I, I always encourage people, and I, this is my, if you're listening and you're a survivor and you're a victim out there, one, you're not alone. There are millions of us out there. Two, you can break the cycle in your life. I did it. You can, you can do it. It requires a little work, but it can be done. And three, you deserve more than the abuse you've experienced in your life. Those are my three key points if someone's listening, because mm -hmm. I feel like it takes a, an awakening is what I call mm -hmm. it. We all need an awakening sometime to realize that, wow, this is not healthy. This is not normal. This is not good for me or my children. And I think it's so important um, to have that little personal awakening so we can have the courage to get out, mm -hmm. like I talked about. So you mm -hmm. get the help, you get out, and then you stop the cycle. And we can talk about that, but that's just even more in depth. That's the healing process. That's changing that thing from being not valued to being valued, to having mm -hmm. self-respect. So that's that shift that happens when we start and we're able to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. I do want to talk about those strategies, but you said that sometimes people ask you, why do they go back or why do they say, and as you were talking through that, I was thinking, you know, just because someone is abusive towards you doesn't mean that you don't love them. I mean, they're, they're, you're with that person for a reason. So, I mean, it is, I'm sure, hard and a con confusing situation to be in when you love someone who also abuses you. And then the other aspect is resources. So a lot of times I feel like people in abusive situation maybe stay in it because they feel like they don't have the resources to do something different. So I think those are a couple of things. Do you address those in your book at all? I address resources for healing mm -hmm. and how to empower yourself and, okay. and those things. Mm -hmm. But I do know a lot of people that stay because mm -hmm. financially they don't want to leave when mm -hmm. we talk about those kinds of resources. Yeah. And it's scary out there. I mean, it's not always pretty. 
you know, yeah. when I left, I, I didn't have um, an advanced education. It was me and my children. I was severely dyslexic. I really struggled. I had a little small design business, but it wasn't making that much money. I had to go out and go in sales and learn a new way to take care of myself. And I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and say that every case is terrible, every case is easy. I ended up after my repercussions of leaving, I filed bankruptcy and lost everything I had. So, mm. but it was worth it. I'm gonna say this, it was so worth it. Because mm -hmm. I went on and had other relationships that were healthy, loving, caring, mm -hmm. supportive. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, that was my yeah. next question. What are the strategies for breaking the cycle of abuse? So you said that you were able to break that cycle. So can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about how you went about doing that and what it's like? I think for uh, the biggest thing I found, uh, and this is probably my book in a nutshell, <laughs> is empowerment. Mm -hmm. Because like we talked about, when you've been abused, you, use your, you lose your value, your self-value, your self-worth, um, you don't respect yourself, you lose your identity, you have all these unhealthy coping skills that we acquire, unfortunately, mm -hmm. and it's regaining all that. So for me, I, I feel it's, it's a process. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, oh, just read the book and in a week you'll be better. <laughs> it doesn't work like that, I'm, I wish it did. But it's, it's more of a process, it's, it's doing those things. I know when I went to therapy, I had an amazing therapist. I had amazing group therapy, they were awesome. I read self-help like you wouldn't believe. Um, this was way back in the early 90s, mid 90s. And I was going to defeat this. That was just me, that's kind of my personality. Mm -hmm. But the thing that they didn't give me, they all told me how I'd gotten here why was the way I was, why I accepted unhealthy relationships and behaviors, why I had no boundaries, <laughs> why I couldn't communicate well. But no one was really willing to give me answers. And that's how we got to where I wrote a book. I think in the pages, I give people solid answers. I give them skills, tools, exercises. I teach you just what I learned from the therapist, like, this is how you got here. This is what you did. Mm -hmm. But then I also teach all about how to heal the pain of that past trauma. Mm -hmm. How do I put the pieces of my life back together? How do I attain those coping skills that are out of control for me personally? How do I discover who I am and what I want in my life? How do I communicate better? How do I have healthy boundaries? How do I learn not to be a codependent if that's an issue? I mean, there's so mm -hmm. many things. And for me, I think those are the answers because when you regain all of that, like I said, you will become empowered. And with that empowerment, guess what happens? We don't accept abuse. We don't accept a guy that abuses us or a, a partner or whatever. Right. We stand up for ourselves and we're like, I'm worth more than this. And that's the change. That's the shift, I think, mm -hmm. is that empowerment. That's wonderful. So is that what the main focus of your book? Can you explain to us a little bit about how your book works? Is it something that a person would work through the book themselves? Yes, or? yes I have a book and a workbook. 
So okay. I broke it down in two ways. So you can do it. It's on Audible. It's on ebook. You can take on this process however you want. Mm. I take you from the beginning. I teach you the things like what is abuse? What is it done? How have you reacted? Um, what are your coping skills? But I teach you how to empower yourself through different activities and exercises. Uh, mm. The first big chapter on empowerment is the big three is what I call them. And that's regaining your self-acceptance, your self-love, and your self-respect. And I have all kinds of little techniques I teach you through affirmations. I actually have a hope and healing audio that you can listen to every single night before you go to bed and start reprogramming those beliefs, those negative, heavy beliefs that we acquire. So I have that. And then I take you on a journey of taming those coping skills. And I teach you new behavior modifications to change that. So you can adapt and change. Hmm. Then I'll take you on a journey of discovering who you are, discovering what you need. I always, I, I use a reference. And by the way, the whole book is part memoir, part book. So I give you relational things like in my mm -hmm. own life, when I dealt with that challenge and how I overcame it and what I did different and how I learned. Okay. But one of my favorite things in the book by far is, I don't know, do you remember the movie Runaway Bride with Richard mm -hmm. Gere? Julia okay. Roberts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she is a perfect example, that character, of a woman who didn't know who she was. Right. Or what she wanted. Because mm -hmm. Richard Gere, if you didn't watch the movie, was a reporter. And she was this woman that would go to the altar and run away every time. And she wouldn't get married. She'd get up there and run. And so he interviewed all of her fiancés, which were many. Mm -hmm. And he, one of the questions he asked them was, how do you, she like her eggs? And I don't know if you remember this part, but to me, it just, it made all the sense in the world if you've ever been in an abusive relationship or a victim. <laughs> and they all said, oh, that's easy. She liked what I liked. So what does that say? That's a woman that doesn't know who she is or what she even likes. Mm -hmm. So I teach you to discover who you are, what you like, what you don't like so that you learn. And I even have like certain exercises that help you discover what kind of partner you do want that's good for you, not someone else that fits for you, your personality. That could be a whole separate book that women I could, could use. <laughs> I squeezed it all at once somehow. I mean, uh -huh. I went from 120,000 words to about 75,000. So wow. I squished it in there. Maybe but... you need to do a second little mini book for people who <laughs> haven't been abused, but who would like to go through that figuring out who they really want to be. Who with. they want. Maybe I should yeah. do just a small ebook. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's just this process of discovering right. who you are and what you want. So mm -hmm. I always tell people when I left my first husband, I had no idea what kind of eggs I wanted or liked or anything. Mm -hmm. and I said, you know, today I can probably say I know exactly what kind of eggs I like, you know, right. I'm an eggs Benedict girl with bacon, avocado, tomato, and a side mm -hmm. of regular served on potatoes, not a muffin I don't do a lot of bread thing and you know yeah. so it's just figuring those things out are really challenging for someone that survived abuse they yeah. struggle mm -hmm. and that's you know that's just another tip in there I mean there's all about painting the things that keep us from being happy and fulfilled mm -hmm. lives which I call the happy busters that's guilt shame fear um worry stress and anxiety and anger 
Those things wow. keep us from having this amazing life we deserve mm-hmm. to have. For so, sure, for sure. And then there's another whole section on relationships, communication, wow. boundaries. I mean, I really try to cover everything. That's why I had so much trouble getting it in one book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, publishers were a little, you know, like, okay, God, take it down. God, take it down. And it's okay. I just took out the repetitive stuff and we got it all in there. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like there may be a second book in you after all. Um, but yeah, that's good. And I think that's such a great example of that movie because I do very vividly remember that um, even because it had an impact on my life. Mm-hmm. And when I watched that and how she would change, like, I think with one of the guys that she was going to marry, she like got into baseball and with a different guy, she got into something different, whatever the guy liked, she liked, she would get into whatever sport that he liked, or she yeah. would dress like that person. And I thought, Oh my goodness, I think I've done that before. And then you start trying to figure out who you are. So I think that's a really good example that you use. Your book sounds amazing. And I'm thinking about people who might be listening right now because we're all kind of, I mean, with the social distancing and everything, we're, we're not as connected to our friends. Uh, so if, if maybe someone's listening and they have a friend or a relative or someone they know who may, they may suspect that that person ha- is in an abusive relationship, but they're not around them as much right now. How can we go about checking on people without being offensive? I think the biggest thing, um, because people in, you know, abusive situations sometimes, unfortunately, they're scared. They're protective. Mm -hmm. They don't want to admit that they're in something that's not good for them. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a really hard thing to admit. It was for me. Um, My mom, like I said, she was a good person and she was always supportive, even in my hardest times. And I think that's the answer is be supportive. Don't be judgmental. Don't criticize. Don't try to tell them what to do. This is their journey and they're going to have to figure it out. Take it from someone that it took a while to figure out. Um, Mm -hmm. It takes time. And if you want to be an amazing friend or family member to someone, The best thing I can tell you is offer resources. Maybe one of the organizations we talked about, maybe just that helpguide.org so they can figure out they're even in an abusive relationship. Maybe they're not very clear. And when they start saying things like, I just don't know what's wrong, or he's so sweet. You just don't know what he's like when you're not around, or, you know, he really does love me. Just maybe give them a little information at a time so Mm -hmm. that maybe they can see it because it's hard to admit and see, but the best thing you can do as a friend or family member is share information when they're ready. And if they're in a really bad situation, let's say it's really volatile where they're at and they have someone that's so controlling, they check everything. They may need your phone, your computer to find the information or get the help they need. Um, they may need a lawyer. They may need you just to give them a place to stay and support them if you can do that. And that works into whatever your lifestyle is. Um, I always just say it's support. It's understanding, be confident, you know, confidant and just listen. Um, 
try to just be there for them, but don't judge. Mm. Don't ask, mm -hmm. why can't you just leave? Don't scare them off. Right. Um, they, they, they may need time for their own awakening, if I call it. Sometimes right. it takes time for us to see that. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's this podcast or, you know, interview. Maybe it's another interview. Maybe it's just one little thing helps them. Mm -hmm. And all you can do is just give them the space and time to try to do it. Very good words of advice. Yes. And hopefully if someone's listening and they um, are in a situation like this, they can find you at your website. Um, do you speak with people privately about these situations? Do people reach out to you often? Yes, I have people reach out and I do um, still do a small amount of consultations and coaching. Mm -hmm. um, I do more speaking and um, mm -hmm. this stuff, just really awareness. Mm -hmm. I am really on a movement. If you go to the front page of my website, it's all about together we can stop the cycle of abuse. Yeah. I just really want to help people understand that there, there, there can be a different life. There right. is possibilities. And I also don't want to be irresponsible with that and just say, oh, you can do this. I really try to provide tools and skills mm -hmm. and ideas and things you can do. So you can right. maybe move on and, and find your way out. So yes, if you need help, reach out. I try to get back with everyone within 24 hours. It's usually my goal. Um, but there's lots of links. I try to provide lots of information so you can, you know, find the resources you need where you are and whatever your situation is. Wonderful. Wonderful. So if anyone's listening and you have a friend that you have suspected that they may be in an abusive relationship, I would just like to encourage you to gently reach out to them and you don't have to say anything, but I think just letting them know that you're there, you know, just a simple, Hey, I just want to let you know if you ever need to talk about anything, I'm here. Or if you need to go out for coffee and we can just leave our phones behind, I'm here for you or whatever. I think that's a really good thing to do. And and I love the idea that people can reach out to you because you're such an inspiration. And I think that you're so passionate about this because once you've tasted the other side that you want everyone else to have that too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I so want everyone else to have a life free of abuse is what I always say. Yeah. I just wrote an article talking about it and I'm like, I just want you to be free from it. Mm -hmm. I also have blogs and inspirational posts on LinkedIn and Facebook. Wow. If you want to follow me or something, because I really try to just inspire you and, and let you know that you have choices. Mm -hmm. We all have choices. Yes. Sometimes those choices aren't easy, but they're still a choice. Mm -hmm. And the perception of choice changes everything. It does. And it does. Yes. Thank you, Manette, for being here. I appreciate it so mm -hmm. much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. This was great, nice and casual. And I enjoyed, you know, I love what you asked because it gets people thinking. And I think that's yes. so important. Well, hopefully this helps some people out there that may have been struggling and wondering what to do. So thank you again so much for your time. Oh, you're very welcome. Anytime. Awesome.